0: That's how it starts, the fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns, good men,
1: cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast re-watching and discussing Batman v Superman one single minute at a time. We have crossed the two-hour mark officially beginning, the final hour. I think it's just under, but boy, what a point to cross the two hours to go from this is a cool movie about Batman and Superman into this is a movie about the Justice League.
0: Yeah. Well, in all the, in all the moments that I take throughout the podcast to say like, now this is like a pivot of, of like building tension. We're, we're back at, like, we hit the bottom of that, uh, of that, that kind of slope around the uphill slope with the, uh, like all the Lex Luthor stuff. And then this is very much like, oh yeah, no, now you are like full blown into the third act, like top of the roller coaster about to go. Here we go.
1: Yeah. And Diana's attempt to stay out of the movie's action, ironically, as her cracking open a whole different kettle of fish. So (laughs) let's get into it. Minute 121. We left off with the reveal, I guess the reveal that Bruce made to Diana, that I know that the photo you're looking for doesn't belong to you. It is you. And I think at the start of this minute, we get two things which are really cool that I want to call out is Bruce follows up by posing the questions to her saying, who are you and where have you been? Uh, which are, I think, strong questions to get to get this particular character arc for her started in this movie and mm-hmm. her own. But also, we also get to watch as, I always read it as Diana seeing this photo of herself in what may be the first time for a long time. If ever. Mm-hmm. Do we know that she saw it? Well, it's, it's not,
0: I mean, it, it's not like it's a Polaroid, right? <laughs> so when it was taken, I don't know. But that is an interesting question, which, which maybe veers even into an area where people are, are critical of it is it's a, it's a digital copy of a photo. So what is it that she's actually looking for here? Which is she trying to, to scrub it to, or to, I guess if she has trouble finding it, then it could be for to, to, to remember, or it could be to keep it out of other people's hands. But since the digital asset, it's kind of hard to, uh, there's no, yeah, how do we know this is the only copy? Well, now there's there's at least two copies because it's been emailed.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. Well, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. But it is cool. We we have that reveal, and here we get the continued wicked strings of Diana's music playing through this whole thing. As I always interpret it as her faced with the person she used to be, which I think fits well with, you know, if you were going to make the YouTube supercut or like fan cam version (laughs) of Diana's story, you would include herself looking at her like this and those prompts from Bruce. It actually is doing. Quite a bit to set up her story that is going to, I guess, when I first saw this, that was coming that I just didn't know about yet. Yeah, well, and it's a,
0: a, because her involvement in the movie up to this point has been very, like, she's, like, why, we don't know what her, what brings her into the story, because she's not a part of the, like, she's wrapped up in the Lex stuff and with Bruce stuff, but she's not looking for the same thing Bruce is, and she's not tied up with what's going on with uh, Superman. And she doesn't seem to be a part of Lex's scheming either. She seems to be kind of um, an unknown factor that that he maybe didn't account for fully, which is unique given everything else seems to be kind of exactly as he planned.
1: This is now we got a confirmation of, I guess what Bruce has seen and is now we were left kind of like hanging after the fact oh right what did he discover on lex's server which kind of retroactively like backfills where he is at now too mm-hmm. I, I really like had it that watching it this time was like oh i i never directly take all of what else were shown here it like even if well, it's and it backfills
0: know, even more back to like when lex says uh like the metahuman thesis and needing a a, a, a silver yeah. bullet to you know protect the world from the kindness the monsters and all that that this isn't he's not just speaking hypothetically here maybe he's pretending he's speaking hypothetically but he has a list of who he's talking about you know obviously superman is the big one and you know batman is on his radar in some capacity but i think more as a tool than as a as a threat maybe but you know is about Wonder Woman and Flash and Aquaman and so presumably he's got similar concerns to them as he does to Superman but maybe he thinks that conquering Superman first sort of sets a precedent (laughs) or or gives him some sort of power
1: over them as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, he doesn't just have a a list of them, he has a gallery of (laughs) um, of what are (laughs) this is where I, I think this part of the movie stands out as the most meta Or or most, I guess, fiction breaking. I suppose not not
0: most, because literally in the last minute, she was they were (laughs) Batman and Superman comics on her
1: on her bed. Okay, has Lex Luthor not only discovered but given these metahumans their superhero symbols? Yes. Uh, that is, for, is that for our benefit, or Diana's? Um, hard to say, because she's drawn to the lightning. She chooses the third out of fourth thumbnail. A strange detail, but she clicks into the Metahuman Alpha F-L. Maybe we won't ever find out what that stands <laughs> for. But we behold, when she clicks the file, this person we've never seen before. Just kidding. We've seen fragments of them when they erupted through a hole in time and space into the Batcave to... Warn Bruce from the future that he needs to find us. We're finding them here as this is obviously Ezra Miller walking through a convenience store and then revealing super speed. And I'm trying to, it's impossible for me to imagine seeing this movie and not knowing
0: that whole thing is weird because that's something that there was some knowledge before the movie came out for that. So it's hard to put myself in the mind of someone who wasn't expecting that and didn't see it coming. But his flash outfit is different earlier and it's so bright. Like it's not entirely like, if you don't know what's going on, it's hard to be like, Oh, that's clearly the flash unless you're highly knowledgeable of it. But this makes it a little bit more obvious. I don't know if everyone would make the, Oh, that's clearly the dude that was in his apartment earlier other than the lightning. But I think it's, you know, you should be able to kind of connect the dots though.
1: Yeah. We watch as he foils the most, like a conspicuous thief <laughs> in the world in a convenience store, and we get this, you know, as this unnamed person sees what's happening, there's a flicker of electromagnetic energy and lightning, and the bottle of milk that that was in, it being held by a hand a moment ago falls. you know, the the slightest bit is suspended in air. It's a super fun and like very throwbacky way of communicating what just happened. I do think, it's hard for me to imagine watching the earlier scene in the movie and then just continuing to watch the movie having no clue what in the world I just witnessed. Mm-hmm. But I do still think we said it before that Flash's appearance earlier on is like the coolest bit of world building overlapping stories that has actually like made it into a final edit. Yeah. So so while this is fun, this is also the sort of yeah, confirmed mm-hmm. that's what's going on here versus the other uh, moments that are coming. But in this minute, we get a stunned clerk, a foiled robbery, and a Diana who is very, very intrigued about what she has just witnessed in this lightning bolt. And she decides, I think the the minute actually ends with just her sliding her mouse tantalizingly over to this inverted V that we don't know what it is. The flash has officially been introduced With symbol, with implied superhero moniker, FL. There was no going back. It's crazy that that is, this is like the historic sequence, right? Where the kind of dawn of justice actually was brought into it. Yeah, But I do think that it is hard for this shot of Ezra Miller's Flash to even compare with the previous scene.
0: Yeah, as far as the character introduction, yeah, the the Batcave entrance (laughs) is far more dramatic
1: but my brain is still like piecing itself back together from the earlier scene. <laughs> so th- nothing could ever compare with that ever. You could have not had Flash in here or you could have had Flash with um, next to the WW and Diana just never click it and I would be like it's fine. Nothing yeah. nothing could ever possibly compare. Although I do find it
0: interesting that uh, if you look at the if you look at the main page where it gives all the logos down at the bottom it says the the size of each like folder so Wonder Woman's is 12 megabytes um it's just an image but interesting it says 12 items um so I, I wonder what else lex has uh on on one i don't know if there's like a dossier in there or you know what all what all he's got um interesting for flash it is only 32 megabytes whereas the um the cyborg and aquaman ones are 503 megabytes and 214 megabytes, 214 being any uh, like Zack Snyder fan is gonna yeah. bu- bug eye at that because the original <laughs> run 214 minutes, of the original runtime of his uh, um, the Justice League cut he made prior to um, Joss Whedon taking over. Obviously, the final Zack Snyder's Justice League is over four hours long, but interesting. And I want it's one of those things where I wonder how much thought is put into that because at first I'm like, that's weird that those are so wildly different sizes. It's half a over half a gigabyte for or about half of a gigabyte for cyborg and 32 megabytes for uh, for flash but then i remember like it's just convenience store like cctv footage versus a hd like lab camera from from silas and it's and it's a longer video too so that, so that might might be longer in there but um but once she opens it there's multiple different um i assume yeah there's a security feed multiple different videos. So I'm wondering what the others are. Obviously it's implying that flash has been, it's not just like, that's the one time he was caught. And they have even got some of them labeled red streak, <laughs> which is, uh, I know you're the flash fan. I only know of that. I know from. Gonna, yeah. I only know of that from the, the CW. <laughs> I don't know if he's been called that outside of the CW, but I remember I used to listen to your, uh, when you did the DC TV breakdown and I know you guys loved that. <laughs> you and Hannah loved that nickname. <laughs>
1: Just the worst possible, the worst possible nickname. I I didn't know if you were ever gonna. I didn't know if you are gonna bring that. Up, but <laughs> yes, you have. You've now also explained why I have such an inherent dislike for seeing that on the screen. Uh, also because, like, why red? Like, well, I was gonna say because here, there's no.
0: There, there. That doesn't make any any sense with this version of the character because he's the the lightning is blue. Um, and even if it wasn't, it's, it's normally yellow. <laughs> um, and he, I guess unless he's wearing the costume, but in this video, he's not wearing the costume. So questions.
1: Yeah. I'm also, uh, I was also kind of hoping that there would be like a hot dog machine <laughs> on the counter and we would see like one of the hot dogs disappear as the blur pie. No, I always, I always enjoyed hating the red streak until I found out that Smallville used an even more just insane nickname for the superhero so I felt I felt better. I won't get into that. One thing I'll call out here because you know this sequence gets a kind of a bad rap or has a reputation at least for being sort of let's compete with Marvel, the studio wants cameos in in a place that it doesn't fit as well with what's going on, but I do think it's cool that even this sequence, this depiction of Flash is out of control, hard to understand, science breaking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to just, you know, like in the Incredibles when he points at the screen and says, there, you know, he moved, Yeah, you know, (laughs) and it's like, no, no. When this guy moves, it like shatters the physics of the world around. Yeah. Even to the point where Barry is back at the freezer or is back at the cooler and there is still electricity whipping around the clerk Yeah, Um, that it is like, oh, like the fabric of reality just tore when he did that. Uh, which is cool because that ends up being totally the case. Well, it's also interesting because you
0: look at, and obviously there's always questions about like, is that just the way the stunt performer moved or because um, Snyder was very particular with his, his realization of the Flash's powers. Uh, Like for example, in, in Zack Snyder's justice league, when we see him running around and protecting the people from the rubble, he specifically didn't, or, or like saving Iris West. He doesn't have him, um, just zoom in and snatch people and move them because that would, speaking about physics breaking, that would just like rattle their brain inside of their, inside of their skull and like dismember them. Just turn them, you know, we, we've seen um, the boys, right? Like we know how a speedster intera- hitting a um, hitting someone at full speed kind of goes. And so it's interesting when you watch the way that he interacts with the stunt man here, the thug when he, when he pushes him because it looks, obviously the guy goes flying but it almost looks more like he stumbles and obviously there's lightning all around it, but he doesn't like blow him through the wall. Like Superman did with the terrorists in the beginning of the movie. He actually has like a, it's like he trips and falls here just a little bit more aggressively, (laughs) more so than actually gets like slammed out of the way. So it's interesting to kind of see how the realization of Flash's powers come into play here. In addition to the, the basket and the, uh, the milk both kind of hovering back at the door where he left them.
1: Yeah, it's a testament to how long ago that scene was that, Stephen, I, like all of our listeners, am just disgusted to hear you refer to Amajog as a terrorist. (laughs) Let's just not even get into that, because one question begs another. Uh, We've talked about the red streak. We can officially end um, and say that we don't have more to say about this. (laughs) We'll have a lot more to say about the next minute of this um, or I know I will at least but we can edit there as as Diana slowly creeps her mouse pointer over to that inverted V we will pause and say thank you for listening to minute 121 thank you for entering this new this new frontier this third hour and new universe of of many humans Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you for continuing this journey with us and having, getting a new opportunity to share with us what you think about this sequence being in the movie. I'm very curious. I'm always curious to hear what people think about this and like how they thought of it at the time. Mm -hmm. If this was an eye roller or if this was a jump out of your seat. I'm very, I'm very curious. So please let us know. And you can do that on Twitter at BVS by the minute. You can do that on uh, iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And if you want to support more red streak discussion, you can do so with your dollars at patreoncom slash Snyder minute. And with that, I will say that you get your milk and I'll get my Dr. Pepper. It's time to do some deep sea diving. Okay. I'm just gonna end it. <laughs>